things aren't easy at the minute, and I just want to encourage you with a quick word, a quick word that will hopefully just bless your heart, that will just encourage you, and that will just spur you on in this race that we're in. We're going to look this morning at Hebrews, Hebrews 12. We're going to read the first 13 verses together, and let's just listen to God's Spirit together. Let's just listen uh, to the Holy Spirit as He ministers to our hearts just through these verses, and I'll share a few thoughts I have around them. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you completely forgotten the word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet, so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. This is such an encouraging passage, and it starts with the word, therefore. So if we do look at it, we look at why it's there. What went on before that he's saying, because of all that, therefore do this? And it actually, it spans the Old Testament and looks at all the, the main figures of faith within the Old Testament saying, this is what they did in faith to honor God. This is what they did in faith. It endorses their faith and belief in God. And it encourages us to have faith in God. Most of them even died without having seen the visions and seen what they seen in faith completed before them. But they lived their life full of this faith, this unwavering faith in God, full of belief. Even though Noah had never seen rain before, he in faith built the ark, knowing that God had promised it was coming. 
Their faith led to actions and led for them to live their lives in a way, a way worthy of the calling God had placed on their life. Their belief wasn't simply just a belief. Their belief then transformed into actions, and that became the defining features of who they were. It defined their lives. And we too have the opportunity right now to enter into the fullness of God and actually follow him and follow the promises he has for your life and my life. We can do that. See, we cannot come into God's presence if we're weighed down by sin and by things that hinder us. We can't enter in if we're still even having old mindsets and old ways of doing things. If we're still weighed down by the decisions of yesterday, if we're still weighed down by the mistakes we've made, if we're still weighed down by anything that could even hinder us. It doesn't even have to be a negative thing. It doesn't have to be a bad thing, but it can even be a good thing, which is stopping us following the way God has planned for us. It's a hindrance. If there's anything you feel feel guilty about, get rid of it. If you know you need to make a change, then make it. If you need to redefine your beliefs, redefine them. Make them align with God and what God's saying. This passage actually challenges us as to how far are we willing to go to change our lives, to change the situations we are in. Have we got as far as shedding our own blood? See, if we truly hear this passage, we should rejoice. And why would we rejoice? Because it teaches us this simple truth. That God disciplines those who he loves. God's not just going to let you run riot and run free and just do whatever you feel like. That's not the God that we follow. The God that we follow is a God of discipline, a God of self-control, a God of love. And he's going to guide and help those who he loves. So don't worry when God corrects you. Don't worry when you feel like uh, you've been doing something wrong for a while and God says, no, don't do it that way, do it this way. Don't worry about that. Know that you're in God's love. You're in the midst of God's love. And the thing is, what did Jesus always teach? If you love me, obey my teachings. If you love me, do what I do. If you love me, say the things I would say. If you love me, do it. And not only that, we also hear it's by the fruit of our lives that we'll be known. So the challenge is, what fruit is our lives reaping? And then not only that, what are you sowing? Because the problem is, you're only going to sow, or sorry, you're only going to reap what you sow. If you don't sow good things with your life, you can't expect to reap good things with your life. If you don't follow God with your life, how can you expect to yield um, a harvest that comes from God if you don't honor him with your life? What are you sowing? What are you putting your effort into? What are you spending your time doing? If you sow in sin, you're going to reap sin. If you sow in uh, righteousness and following God, you're going to reap that. You're going to reap God's righteousness. What are you sowing? What are you reaping? And this is why we need to remove anything from our life that hinders as well as anything that is sin. We need to do that so we can truly follow God, so that anything that tries to draw us away from following God and chasing after him, anything good in our life that doesn't bring glory to God, we need to get rid of it. We need to choose today who we're going to serve. Now, it's usually when we hear stuff like that, we always think about 
everybody else except ourselves. We always think about those people around us in our lives and, and we always see what's wrong. And do you want to know what? It's so easy to see the mistakes and see the things that draw away and the things that pull back, the things that um, stop people engaging with God in other people. It's so easy to see it in everybody else and it's so hard to see it in yourself. It's so hard to judge yourself. It's so hard to be critical of yourself. And this is why even Jesus in Matthew 7, he warned us about that. He says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye when all at the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And this is what we all need to be so careful of. You know, we all struggle with things, we all do things, and it's so easy whenever we're struggling to look around and sort of point at everybody else. Like whenever Jesus was correcting Peter on the beach, what happened? Peter automatically turned and said, well, what about him? He didn't accept the discipline he was receiving from Jesus. He didn't accept the guidance he was receiving. He was just like, well, what about John? And that's what we do. It's a natural reaction whenever you feel that. But what did the passage tell us? Celebrate it. Don't, don't worry about it. Don't, don't panic. Don't think, oh no, and don't get disheartened about it, but celebrate it because it's showing God is loving you by correction. I'm sorry, I love Naomi so much that even though she loves fire, she loves looking at it, watching it, she loves throwing sticks on the fire, she loves doing all that. I disciplined her and I taught her the discipline of how to work with fire, of how to use fire properly, of how to throw a stick on the fire even without getting burnt. I taught her all of these things. I taught her the discipline of doing things so she wouldn't get hurt. And in the same way, God wants to do stuff in your life and my life that will teach us disciplines, that will teach us the discipline of how to do things and how not to do things. Why? Because he loves us and he doesn't want us to get hurt. That's the beauty of what God does in these moments. So don't look at things that you need to learn as a down thing. It's an up thing. It's drawing us up to be more like God, to be reflecting him, because we actually see a revelation of God when we get it. And the thing is, some of us have felt victimized at times because of things that God wants to teach us. And the difference is that we haven't listened to the teaching God's give us for many, many years, and we keep stumbling over the same things time and time and time again. We keep struggling with the same issues because we haven't learned the discipline that God wants us to learn to actually allow us to progress in our lives. And we'll never be able to progress and see more of God and get revelations of God if we don't listen to his teachings, if we don't abide by them, if we don't put them into practice and allow them to transform who we are. We've got to allow the faith of, and the journey of many, many people within the Bible learn from their mistakes and not make the same mistakes ourselves, the same as all the other people around us, the people um, who have been journeying with God for a while. They've got so much to teach you and me that, you know what, we all need to learn from each other so we can all stop making the same mistakes so that we can all grow together and then we can all enter more and more into the presence of God and see more and more of the glorious riches that God wants to give you and give me. So do we want God to move? We've got to allow him to step in and clear the dross out of our life. 
Because the thing is, we are all gold. We are all precious. We're like precious metals to God, but we're so full sometimes of dross that we don't have any purity. We don't have any clarity in who we are. And God wants to heat up a fire within us, and he wants to remove the dross. He wants to remove all the stuff out of our life that is stopping us being pure and holy and being righteous. So we need to come to God and we need to allow him to clean out our lives. We need to come to him and allow him to move anything that he wants. And then what do we do? It says about running with perseverance. This passage teaches us to persevere, to keep going, keep going. You know what? You're going to stumble. You might even fall. But you you need to pick yourself up. You need to dust yourself off and keep running with perseverance. You know, we've got to move through life with a purpose. And what's our purpose? What's our life like? What, God, what has God said over your life? What do we do? We look to Jesus and we follow his example. And what did Jesus do? It says, Jesus, for the joy set before him, he run after it. He's the perfecter of our faith. He's our example. And for the joy set before him, he went through hell Literally, he went through hell for you and for me because we were the joy that was set before him. You are the joy that was set before him. Whenever he endured the cross, whenever he went through that, you being able to enter into God's presence and connect with God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit, you were the joy that was set before him when he endured that. You and I, Jesus did that for us. He ran with perseverance through the hardest of times and he didn't stop. And yes, he struggled, He struggled with it. Think about him in the Garden of Gethsemane. What was he praying? If there's another way, remove this cup from me. Yeah, he was struggling with it. It wasn't an easy journey, but he chose to make it, and he chose to endure for the joy set before him. Have you given up on chasing God's dreams for your life? Have you given up on chasing what God's placed before you? See, the fact that we are his joy, we need to set our eyes on Jesus. We need to set our eyes on him and chase after him. We need to remember that he loves us. Not for who we wish we were, but for who we are. And he doesn't leave us as we are, but he allows us to chase after him. See, this isn't about being cool. It's not about being right. The thing is, if you follow Jesus, you're not going to be in the cool kids. You're not going to be um, uh, popular in our culture. You're not going to be a popular person. If anything, you're going to completely fly in the opposite direction of culture. You're going to fly and completely challenge everything around you. But you want to know what? It's worth giving up everything for. It's worth giving up everything that this world tells us is precious. This world tells us this is what you need to fight for. Are you willing to give it up? See, sometimes life is very hard. Run with perseverance. You know what? We can only accept and agree with others. You know what? Life isn't easy. But you want to know what? Life with God has a purpose and a reason, and it drives us forward every single day. What good is life without discipline? What good is life without us choosing on a daily basis to serve? on choosing on a daily basis to love. Again, I go back to the Naomi teaching her to, to do that. I taught her the discipline, and hopefully she respects fire. She respects even me for teaching her the discipline. Well, me and Katie. 
We all go through discipline at times, but it's how we respond and react to it. And God will discipline you. God will, sometimes you will know that there's stuff you need to change, stuff that you need to be proactive in changing, stuff that you need to transform in your life, in your mind, in your beliefs, and stuff that just isn't aligning with what God wants to do. But God's teaching you that this is how you come close to me. This is how you go deeper with me. This is how you engage with me. You see, this whole pandemic, a lot of us feel broken. A lot of us feel dismantled even because all the stuff that we normally would create into the, our life, that we would build our life around, has been dismantled. And a lot of us feel disarmed. A lot of us feel useless. A lot of us feel that. But I want to encourage you, don't lose heart and don't grow weary. Allow God to come in and step in and build you up for who he made you to be. Allow God to reveal the purposes that he wants you to step into, the stuff that he wants you to take up again and run with and run with perseverance with. I want you to be encouraged that God's got many plans for you. Are you going to run with perseverance after God? Are you going to allow yourself to be disheartened, to be weary? Because what did the last verses teach us? It teaches us to strengthen our feeble arms and our weak knees. Are we going to allow ourselves just to be weak and broken? Or are we going to allow God to come in and transform us? If you've been hurt, that's okay. But how are you going to deal with that hurt and pain? How are you going to deal with all of this? Are you going to bring it to God and allow him to transform us by the renewing of our minds? Or are we just going to just give up. God wants to encourage you, don't give up. He wants to encourage you never to give up. But why does God discipline us? He disciplines us in order that we may share in his holiness. God wants to make you into a holy person. God wants to bring his righteousness and fill you up with his righteousness. Not a self-righteousness, but God's righteousness shining through us. Because it's not pleasant to go through stuff like this. It's not pleasant to have some things that you've held firm to for a long time, challenged and stressed and strained, but it will produce a harvest of righteousness. Is it easy when a farmer goes and sows a field? Is it easy when a farmer goes and, uh, and, and maintains and sows and, and encourages growth within a field? No. He's got to work that ground. It's, it's hard work. It's hard grind, but he receives the harvest at the end. And it's the same in your life. God is plowing through your life at the minute. God is uh, overturning things and overturning soil and new things are being planted. And God wants to come in and grow and birth things in you at this time. I pray that you let him. I pray that you allow this, whatever challenges you're facing, to be an encouragement to you and not something that strips you down and makes you feel useless. I pray that God will just be ministering to your heart right now. And let's just pray together. God, thank you for these challenges. Thank you, God, that you do step in sometimes and correct us and discipline us. You guide us and lead us. Thank you for the examples that Jesus given, has given us of how to treat people, how to love people, how to love our enemies, how to bless those who curse us, how to uh, just follow you, how to even pray. 
Thank you for all of these things. Thank you for all of the love that you've shown us. And God, we don't want to see discipline. We don't want to see that as something that holds us back, something that discourages us, but allow us in confidence to step in to your plans, to step into your way, all the ways that you have taught us throughout the Bible. Let us learn from them. All the figures of faith we see throughout the Bible that, and all their flaws and all their stumblings and all their worries and concerns, God, it's all written down for us to learn from. God, allow us just to step in to that moment. Allow us to step in however we feel and allow us to be encouraged. Allow us to, with perseverance, run the race that you've marked out for us and let us keep our eyes firmly fixed on you. You're the author. You're the perfecter of faith. So God, allow us for the joy set before us, the joy of being with you and being in relationship with you, allow us to enter in to your presence and allow us to hear your words and be encouraged by them. And God, let us run with perseverance and never grow weary, never lose heart, and never let any stumblings or falls stop us from chasing after you. In Jesus' beautiful name, amen. Amen. I pray that you'll have been encouraged by what I've said today. I pray that even though you struggle, even though we all struggle at times, even though sometimes we're disciplined, even though sometimes we're taught things by God, especially things that go against what we think we know. I pray that we'll all have the confidence to step into those moments and know that this is God loving us because he is a good father. He is the father that loves us and cares for us. So let's celebrate when God does something in our lives and let's not worry about it. Let's not let it diminish our faith, but let it encourage faith within us. God bless you all. It's so good to journey with you this week. It's so good to be in God's presence together this week. And I really pray you have an amazing week. God bless you all.